0: Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Youssefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, do you have a second? Can you quickly check that you're subscribed to our podcast? We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Fountain app. And make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter. That way you know every time there's a new episode of the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. Now let's get back to flirting hey Ann.
1: what is up
0: i think we've gotten a lot of people into bitcoin with this podcast
1: how much is a lot
0: i don't know maybe five people at least
1: i think we got more than five
0: (laughs) i know i'm just being conservative here but knowing that now what we have a lot of friends who have gotten on the Strike app. There are a lot of people after that Super Bowl ad got onto Coinbase. What do they need to know? What's the next thing that they need to be focusing on now that they've learned how to purchase Bitcoin?
1: It's a good question. So given the world events recently, you really need to know how to get your Bitcoin out of those places that you bought it. Because one of the things about Bitcoin is that there's a phrase, you know, we talk about Bitcoin slang and stuff like that. So, Teach there's a-
0: me a new one, babe.
1: Not your keys, not your coin.
0: Uh.
1: If your Bitcoin is sitting on an exchange, whether it's Coinbase or Strike or even Cash App to that extent, you don't actually control the keys that control that Bitcoin. So it may as well just be in a checking account. Where it becomes special and actually becomes Bitcoin is when you move it out of the exchange and into your actual possession. Like you walked into a bank, gave them dollars, and they, then you walked out with gold bars.
0: And the equivalent of that is
1: you send it to a wallet that you control.
0: All right, let's talk wallets. So remind me what a wallet is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, when we talk about Bitcoin, you'll hear me interchange the term wallet and address. And I sometimes mix them up.
0: Ah, so that makes more sense. A wallet is an address and address is a wallet.
1: Yes and no. Ah. So a wallet is an application that you use to actually manage the keys that you control, right? So when I just said, not your keys, not your coin. An address doesn't really know anything about keys, but an address is where the Bitcoin resides. Keys are what are managed by a wallet. So using a wallet is how you send your Bitcoin from location to location.
0: Wait, so every time I purchase Bitcoin, that results in a key?
1: No. So when you buy Bitcoin on an exchange, they're not actually giving you Bitcoin on the Bitcoin blockchain that you control. It's just a ledger like Venmo. Do you have a checking account in Venmo? No, your money's pulled in with everybody else's, and it's only when you withdraw to your bank that your money in Venmo is separated from everyone else. Your Bitcoin on the exchange is basically pooled with everyone else's Bitcoin, and it doesn't become your Bitcoin until you withdraw it.
0: So until you withdraw it, there is this middleman situation that could technically block you from your Bitcoin.
1: Not technically. 100% can. And this is what we just saw happen in Canada. And this is what we're currently doing to Russian citizens. It is not theoretical. This is actually happening right
0: now. So that means the exchanges are blocking individuals ability to pull their Bitcoin into wallets.
1: I mean, I don't know the details of what's going on, but I literally just read that Coinbase is restricting Russians from moving Bitcoin.
0: Oh, okay.
1: If your Bitcoin is in Coinbase and you end up living in a country that we no longer like, it might be difficult for you. But if you never leave any Bitcoin on the exchange, they can't stop you.
0: You're just not vulnerable to that situation anymore because you actually possess your Bitcoin. Yes. Okay, so let's talk wallets. Like what's the best brand? (laughs) Any designer brands out there we should know about?
1: There are a couple, I'll say there's five that I wanna recommend.
0: What's the best?
1: There is no such thing as the best, but there are five that I would recommend and given your preferences and given how secure you want to hold your Bitcoin, they will fall into different categories of the best for you. But one of the most popular wallets is called Blue Wallet, like the color blue. I don't really know how long it's been around, but it is a very popular wallet. A lot of people recommend it. A lot of exchanges will recommend it right? Except for Coinbase, because they recommend their own wallet, you know? Naturally. Blue Wallet is really cool because it basically gives you all three options of the Bitcoin world right now. So you can create a normal Bitcoin wallet. You can create a Lightning wallet, which we haven't really talked about.
0: No, what's that?
1: I don't want to... That's a conversation... (gasps)
0: Oh, cliffhanger.
1: That's a conversation for another day. (laughs) But Lightning is like this new technology in the Bitcoin world. And so, not every wallet supports Lightning I yet. The blue have wallet that does that
0: software on it yeah. Right.
1: And then the third one that they offer is what they call Vaults or Multisig. And so, Multisig is just a more secure way to hold your Bitcoin. Instead of having to control one set of keys, you have to control multiple sets of keys. And so, in order to send Bitcoin from a single key wallet, you could have it on your phone and you would just sign the transaction and off it goes with multi-sig someone else like more than one person has to sign the transaction before it's a valid transaction adding
0: a little bit more red tape to a situation where you might lose all your money
1: well it's You could call it red tape or you could call it protection. If someone gets a hold of your phone or if someone gets a hold of the actual key itself, it doesn't really matter as much because they need the other one. You could hide that. You could share it with someone else. A lot of people do this for large amounts of Bitcoin that they don't plan on moving anytime soon.
0: So can Blue Wallet do all of those?
1: Everything I just listed, Blue Wallet can do. They can do single sign Bitcoin addresses. They can do multi sign Bitcoin addresses and they can do lightning. All
0: right. What about the other four?
1: So the next one that I would recommend is it kind of popped up recently. It's called Moon Wallet. Replace the O's with U's. So M-U-U-N wallet and moon wallets cool because it also supports lightning lightning is becoming a very big piece of bitcoin over the past year so moon supports lightning but it also supports what we talked about in the last episode which is taproot so not every wallet has integrated taproot yet but moon is one of them
0: okay so it's a little bit more advanced than the typical wallet
1: the thing about moon wallet is that at no point do you ever give them any personal information Ooh. So one of the things about getting your Bitcoin off an exchange is that if you bought your Bitcoin on an exchange, we've talked about this before, there's that KYC element. Depending on how secure you want to be, a lot of Bitcoiners are taking this position of, I don't want to have any trace of my Bitcoin attached to me. And so Moon Wallet, you just download the app and that's it. You don't have to sign up. You don't give them an email address. How do they get like away
0: with not having to follow the KYC laws? Is it because it's not an exchange and it's just storing
1: It's not an exchange and you can't buy Bitcoin through the wallet. It literally is just a wallet that you get an address that I can send Bitcoin to.
0: Seems like it would be very easy to lose.
1: It's an app on your phone.
0: You lose your phone.
1: All of these wallets that I'm going to recommend have a backup feature. Every Bitcoin wallet will export to you. It's either 12 or 24 words. And those 12 or 24 words are how you back up your wallet. You can take those 12 or 24 words and punch them into almost any other wallet and everything comes back up.
0: Interesting.
1: So it is an interoperability feature of Bitcoin, but some time ago, this is not how Bitcoin worked. (laughs) The Bitcoin community got together, came up with this 12, 24-word system.
0: Through consensus. Through
1: consensus. And now almost any wallet can take those 12 words, recreate your keys, and basically then display your address with your Bitcoin Okay, that's a relief
0: because, you know, before you made it seem like I have to be really responsible if I was to pull my Bitcoin onto a wallet, but this makes me feel like the company does somewhat have my back or the Bitcoin system itself has my back in that situation. So long as I keep track of those 24 words.
1: Yeah, and most of them are 12. Um, I've only encountered one wallet that gives you 24 words. Can I pick the words? That's a longer conversation, (laughs) but the short of it is yes. I don't use any wallets that let you pick your words, but in theory, you could pick your 12 words. I would
0: pick, I love Ian so much, to the moon.
1: Those aren't your choices. (laughs) Okay, good,
0: because I just told everyone what my words would be.
1: (laughs) Because Bitcoin has this 12 words interoperability, it doesn't matter which wallet you start with. Because as long as you have those 12 words, if you don't like the wallet, you just go get a different wallet. No harm, no foul. Punch your 12 words in there. Now you got a new wallet with different functionality. Your Bitcoin moves with you because the wallet doesn't hold the Bitcoin. It's those 12 words that generate the keys that control the address to where your Bitcoin is.
0: All right, next, what's the third wallet?
1: So the third wallet is the newest wallet to me. Um, It's called Samurai. Ooh. The cool thing about Samurai is that you can actually connect it To your own personal node. So we have that box that I always talk Mm -hmm. about upstairs. Our validator. Good job. (laughs) Um, I'm
0: learning things.
1: (laughs) So Samurai can actually connect to that. Every transaction that's happening on Bitcoin goes through that box. And that Samurai Wallet app on my phone only talks to our box. Nobody can spoof a transaction.
0: Otherwise, people can spoof transactions into Bitcoin wallets.
1: No. All these wallets that I'm going to recommend, when you go to send Bitcoin, right? If you're receiving or sending Bitcoin, that wallet is talking to the Bitcoin network somehow. Samurai Wallet can talk to a node that I control. Moon Wallet that I just said, talked about, can't do that. So it talks to like a generic service. Samurai Wallet lets you say, no, I want to talk to my own node.
0: Interesting. Okay, a little bit more control of the situation. A little bit more
1: control. So the other cool thing about Samurai Wallet, which is what brought me to Samurai Wallet. So we've been talking about moving your Bitcoin off the exchange, not your keys, not your coin, number one. Number two, KYC lets people trace you if you bought Bitcoin. So if you buy it on exchange and you move it, theoretically they can trace that Bitcoin through the network. What Samurai Wallet does, not only does it connect to our node upstairs, it also connects to this service called Whirlpool. And what Whirlpool does is it tries to break that link so that you can't be traced. What you do is you take your Bitcoin in your wallet and you send it to another wallet and a bunch of people that are using Bitcoin are all sending Bitcoin to the same wallet. It takes that pile of Bitcoin, breaks it apart, and then sends it back to everyone else in smaller chunks, you get back the same amount, but you can't tell whose Bitcoin was whose It just reshuffles
0: the money to to make it unidentifiable. Yeah. Interesting. So shady, all of these different features.
1: (laughs) It's not that it's shady, it's that once people started building tools to be able to trace people on Bitcoin, other people started building tools to not be traced. And that's just the nature of software, right?
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: So that feature is what brought me to Samurai. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but these hackers recently got caught. They had stole like a bunch of Bitcoin back in the day, or I forget what they stole, whatever.
0: It was Bitcoin.
1: Okay. The community was really shocked that they got caught because in the write-up, the people that caught them claimed that they were able to reverse engineer that breaking the Bitcoin up and were able to still trace it back to them. People have basically been demanding to know, like, how did you do that? Because that should not be possible. I don't think they've really shown all of the evidence of how they did that. They just claimed that that's how they did it, which to me is kind of sketchy because... That just sounds like you're trying to scare people into not doing a thing versus actually showing like, no, this isn't secure. Like you shouldn't do this anymore.
0: It does seem like there's this narrative being pushed that, oh, we can actually control your crypto. Look, the government's doing this here. Governments are making these decisions over there. And then I come to you and you're like, they can't do that.
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so a lot of this has been like scare tactics.
0: Definitely fear tactics.
1: So Samurai is one of the newest ones that's come to me and Samurai with that, Being able to break it apart is a very interesting thing that I haven't really used until lately. Um, But after seeing and doing some more research, it's definitely like it's definitely a thing that I think everyone should do eventually. You don't have to do it right away, but eventually, if you have a large enough amount of Bitcoin, you might want to break it up and send it to a different wallet, a different address, and have a clean location where you know none of the Bitcoin here came from an exchange.
0: Makes sense. All right, so what's the next one?
1: So the last wallet, I've been following it for a little bit, but it got a lot of play recently because Ted Cruz mentioned it. So what happened?
0: Oh, he's such an influencer.
1: (laughs) It's not that he's an influencer. It's that people who you would think aren't your ally become your ally. I would have never agreed with anything Ted Cruz said before he started talking about Bitcoin. So we had the protest in Canada. The Canadian government passed a bunch of laws where they started seizing people's bank Mm -hmm. accounts. Then they went to the crypto companies and they basically said, we want you to blacklist a certain set of addresses, right? If Bitcoin moves from these locations, do not allow those transactions. And the CEO, I don't remember the, the whole email, but the CEO wrote an email back to the Canadian government that was like <laughs> we can't do that yeah. we won't do that and basically once you realize that we'll be here for you also and so ted cruz was at cpac and like read that letter out loud that that ceo had written to the canadian government i really agree with what the ceo of Nun um so the wall is called nunchuck and i agree with what he said but i also kind of agree with ted cruz like promoting that because i don't think a lot of people understood that what the canadian government was asking them to do is literally impossible. And the nunchuck CEO was like, we're not doing that and we can't.
0: And if they did, people could just get new wallets.
1: No, because they were blacklisting the address. So if I send you Bitcoin to a specific address, right? Your, your wallet, your Bitcoin address is ABCD. And then I tried to send Bitcoin from ABCD into Coinbase. What they were telling Coinbase to do is don't allow that transaction. Do not allow the Bitcoin to be transferred in or out. Don't let it come in from ABCD. Don't let anything go out to ABCD.
0: Couldn't they go on to another exchange?
1: Sure, but they they sent that email to all the Canadian exchanges.
0: Ah, I right? see.
1: So like when that Canada stuff was going down, it wasn't just the CEO of Nunchuck. It was the CEO of this Canadian exchange called Kraken. And he came out and was like, take your Bitcoin off the exchanges. Because once you do, we can't do anything. But if your Bitcoin is still here and they tell us to block you, we have to block you. You got the CEO of an exchange and the CEO of a wallet company basically saying, get your Bitcoin off the exchanges. And Coinbase isn't going to say that because they don't want to rock the boat. The guy from Kraken, he was pretty blunt. I think he wrote it in all caps on Twitter. Get your Bitcoin off the exchanges.
0: And what this has shown us is what a government response would be in a situation where people are acting in a way against for what the government wants for whatever reason. They would be able to immediately block the access to your cryptocurrency. So not your keys, not your coin.
1: Exactly. This wallet, Nunchuck, it's actually really cool. So I haven't used it a lot, but I have looked at it a lot. It basically allows you to create those multi-sig wallets, like I was talking about earlier, a lot easier than any of the other ones do it. Think of it like old school MySpace and you got your top eight. Well, basically you give your top eight the ability to be one of those people that can sign your transaction. It doesn't have to be a hardware wallet or this like hard process. It's like if they have the Nunchuck app and you've said they're one of the people that can sign, they can just sign.
0: That's a really interesting use case situation for businesses.
1: It's a really interesting wallet to use when you have one knowledgeable person. (laughs) And then a knowledgeable person wants to bring out a bunch of unknowledgeable people, but you also want them to be secure. So basically it's like you bring in grandma... And you say, okay, grandma, all your Bitcoin's here, but grandma can't move it unless you sign it also. So she can't be scammed unless you get scammed and then they take <laughs> yours and grandma's, right? So I thought that was like a really that interesting That is a
0: really cool way to feature. Feature. <laughs> introduce people and make them feel a little safe and protected as they're diving into a situation that just feels so vulnerable.
1: I think a lot of people are put off from the like technical responsibility that you need to have for Bitcoin. I'm really looking at Nunchuck as like, I feel like Nunchuck has like cracked some code about making it less scary.
0: Ooh, I like how Nunchuck is so worried about me feeling comfortable.
1: All Bitcoiners want people to feel comfortable. It's just that at the moment, you have to put in a little more work than you'd have to put in on any other piece of technology. Like you because buy- it's so new. Yeah, think of it like the original iPhone. There were no apps on the original iPhone. There was no extra functionality besides play my music, make a call. And it took years before the iPhone became this just like ubiquitous thing in your pocket that could do anything that you wanted it to do. Bitcoin is the original iPhone right now and all the app store and all the equivalent of that is coming.
0: How exciting. That was a really good conversation, honey. I feel like I learned a lot.
1: The cool thing about Bitcoin is whether we're talking about wallets or exchanges or any parts of the ecosystem, you're always going to learn something because it's evolving. It's getting easier. New functionality coming.
0: And we're really learning what people need when it comes to giving money and getting money. It's something that's so simple that we've complicated to levels that are just so frustrating.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a great example, like a great, just like picture perfect example of where Bitcoin is right now. The West has cut Russia off from the world's financial markets. The only thing that they can use right now besides an ATM is Bitcoin. They're not buying JPEGs, right? They're they're not buying (laughs) NFTs. They're not buying Ethereum. There are no Ethereum ATMs in Russia, but there are Bitcoin ATMs. And so if Russian citizens are able to go get cash out of an ATM and convert it to Bitcoin,
0: they're good. Bitcoin is here and it's very clearly here to stay. And I'm here for it. (laughs)